Stay tuned. Young Smooth, and once again, you are tuned into another episode of Chicken of the Young Smooth Podcast, where I feel like I'm worried about whatever the hell I want to talk about, so let's go over some of my favorite albums, and today we got a good one, and if you looked at the title, you know we got a good one. So don't forget, you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is now YouTube Music, and don't forget your Google Podcast Player, along with your Purple Podcast Player for those that are Apple users as well, Spotify, and our YouTube channel, which is Kicking It With Young Smooth, and you can find me 
on Instagram at Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod. You can find me at uh, KIW Young Smooth um, Pod on Twitter as well. And, you know, look, come kick it with me. Tell me what you heard, what you like, what you don't like. I can only grow and get better if you let me know. And that's how that story goes. Um, so we are going to get into the first thing, which is that kick that lyric. Did you get that kick that lyric from last week? I know it was a little difficult, but it is one of my all time favorite songs. I love this song. I listened to this song relentlessly. I love this album. And it was Money Shot was by Fat Joe and Remy Ma. Like, one of my favorites. Now, controversy, a little controversial, is that people don't particularly care for Plato Plomo. Um, mm. And to take a sip. My hip-hop community does not really care for it. It says it wasn't one of the best Joe albums. It wasn't uh, a good look for Rem. To be honest with you, I loved it. I loved it. I can listen to this album from beginning to end. I have listened to it from beginning to end. It was a great wintertime album. It was very New York. Um, so I really did did appreciate it. Alright, so of course we have a new Kick That Lyric. And of course the new Kick That Lyric, I gotta tell y'all who it's about. Of course it's a female. I'm gonna start there. Because um, it wouldn't it wouldn't make no sense otherwise. Um, this person is the queen of 106 and Park. Of course, um, they have continued to have videos that charted, charted. This person is also a Guinness Book of World Records artist for female artists in her genre. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Um, so, let's get into it. See... I don't know why I'm feeling just the way I do. It's been a long time. I thought that I was over you. But now you're coming around again. I'll be remembering what you said. I just can't take it. And I don't want to go back. Oh no. What is a girl to do if she's still on it? See? If she's been there before with you... And she don't want it. Yeah. We've spent time and time again. Just wish this thing would end. Tell me what is a girl to do if she's still on it. Alright. So y'all heard that. Like I said, Queen of 106 and Park. In the Guinness Book of World Records for Record Soul in her genre. Who is this magnificent creature? Beautiful, gorgeous, amazing. Yo, let me know down in the comments. You know what I'm saying? So you hit me on Instagram and uh, hit me on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Let me know what you think. All right. So now moving on, we're going to move on into the Ratchet and Ridiculous Corner. First and foremost, I, like I said, we are going to talk, like I, like I thought about before, we are going to definitely talk about the verses because we got to get there because... That was a lot going on. And if anybody saw my videos um, of the Keisha and Ashanti verses, um, I had a good time. I had a good time down here by myself in my basement, like just a hype. I was glad that, you know, there are people that play it on YouTube for those that don't necessarily have Apple TVs to get Apple music. Um, I still watch it on Instagram to see how the... the um, 
the views were going for it and you know people tuned in to me and they they went back and forth so you know what i'm saying like i had a whole concert down this bitch by myself especially for a whole hour shit god damn it these motherfuckers was late but we'll talk about that a little bit later first on the ratchet and ridiculous corner keisha cole brings out ot genesis for love performance during verses after beefing over his remix to the track with his never new single the two artists showed that it was all love fans were excited about taking a trip down r&b and she arrived when she arrived she was eager to get get things started the pair of award-winning singers played some of their greatest hits and fan favorite tracks as they shared bits of history around the development of their songs. Keisha shared a story of how she almost was signed to Death Row before performing Player Cards featuring Tupac Shakur. And Ashanti discussed filming the music video for Rain On Me after signing her, or after singing her hit. Over 1 million people have been tuned in from the start of the verses, including Little John, Slim Thug, Little Mo, Eric Bellinger. I just thought about something. That's what made me laugh. Uh, Eric Bellinger, Lala Anthony, Faith Evans, Stevie J, Karushi Tran, Queen Naja, Tamar Braxton, Warren G, Papoose, um, Latan Green, Cash Doll, Seven Streeter, and many more. Uh, the verses may not be over, but a highlight that fans can't stop talking about is a surprise guest that came out when Keisha Cole performed Love. None other than OT Genesis popped up by Keisha's side and helped her sing the song that once caused division between the two artists. Genesis previously remixed the track for his never new crip centered single but keisha took issue with it because she hadn't been contacted about her song being sampled after weeks of beefing keisha and og reportedly made up and fans were happy to see that they were able to uh presently laugh about the experience it's safe to say that rappers thoroughly enjoyed the r&b moment Okay, let me tell y'all something that was funny as shit, though, for real. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Every motherfucker that was verified in that bitch, every single one of them that had some type of verified check, bruh, when I tell you, they was going in, clowning the shit out of how late they were. They was late as fuck. Like, when I tell you, first of all, Tony Baker is fucking hilarious. That motherfucker was like, oh, Keisha at the wrong verses. She out there battling somebody else. I said, what? Like, yo, um, somebody else said, and I don't think this was nobody famous, but somebody else was like, um, can you, can somebody fix Keisha Dorito back? Uh, because the event is sponsored by Doritos and Ciroc. I was like, yo, that shit was hilarious. I was in the comments for a good 20, 30 minutes just like, yo, People is in this bitch wildin'. And what I think, I think more than anything that kind of pissed us off about the whole thing. Mm, mm. Yeah, y'all might hear me take sips tonight. I don't know. Um, But what I think what pissed me off mostly about the whole thing is this. The hour late situation is a whole thing, bro. Like, real talk, no chaser. 
your demographic, like I didn't even know Ashanti was 40 until the day I was watching an um, interview with her and Ebro and, um, you know, Rosenberg and Laura. And I was like, yo, she 40? Damn, 40 look good. Let's be clear. These women was out here looking uh, fucking amazing. But also, which, ma'am, ma'am, if your demographic is in that same age bracket, anywhere between the mid to late 30s and early 40s, <laughs> in mid 40s, bitch, we going to sleep. The fuck? I was, yo, I, when I tell you my body hurt so bad because I got excited about the music. I was pumped. I was like, yo. This is music that was in, in my, my era. You know, it's in my wheelhouse. I know it. I know all the songs. I know the words. I'm like, I'm here for this. Yeah, let's get it popping. I'm going to stand up for this. I'm going to sing all the songs. I'm going to make a fool out of myself. All the thing. When y'all got down to one hour and all I was looking at was Chaz, I was like, look, come on. What the fuck? Like, but yeah, but it, it, they definitely pulled through. Um, Ashanti is a constant, show perfectionist like I'm glad that she came through and you know was like look I'ma just I'ma sit here and perform you know to the sing a couple of these songs right here cause you know I don't she didn't really know what was going on cause they were in two different parts of the world and because COVID is so significant right now and things are still going on it was like yo it was pertinent as much as we wanted to see it like, you know, like Gladys and Patty and Gucci and Jeezy and, you know, see them be in the same room, which would have been a phenomenal or Brandy and Monica, like would have been phenomenal. It definitely would have. It just it, it didn't hold the same impact. Now, I will say this. Um, I don't I think that the numbers were big, but I still don't think that the numbers were as big as Brandy and Monica. I do believe that it was a lot of pressure on them because what Versus has now become, it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl of our music. It is literally the Super Bowl of our music. So speaking of the late stuff, Keisha addresses Versus drama and apologized for being late. Keisha and Ashanti's Versus broke records, but it didn't come without some drama. And Versus seems to always come with drama anyway, so I'm not really surprised. Following Thursday's battle, Keisha... And that was another thing. Speaking of which, before I go into this, look, ver, dear... Hey, Tim. Hey, Swiss. I don't mean no harm, and I understand these is fucking celebrities and shit, but us regular niggas gotta go to fucking sleep. We got work in the morning. Not a Thursday. Give me a Friday. Give me a Saturday. So I could be lit and be like, yo, I'm in here, and I think you would even get more viewership because people do have to work. Whether they're working from home or not, people still have to work. Like, what the fuck? Why are y'all doing the shit on a Thursday? So uh, anyway, going back in. Following Thursday's battle, Keisha took to Instagram Live with Elijah Blake to address her hour-plus tardiness and reveal uh, the trans... Sorry, what transpired behind the scenes. She started off by thanking her fans for tuning in to the highest-rated verses before issuing an apology for not appearing on camera sooner. She... um abrupted uh she attributed it to sorry technical difficulties um and she states i want to apologize for not sitting my ass in the seat because i was there and should have sat down she said i should have just sat in the seat no matter if i felt like the visual was clear or they said my music was
going to be right. She said that she should have sat her ass down. She was 100% correct on that, too. Because if you... Now, that already pissed me off. If you was already there, you really should have sat down. Like, I know that you... I know that it's a lot of people on it. But Ashanti even sat. You know what I'm saying, too? They like, look... And it didn't matter because even, you know, technical difficulties will always happen. Like, even throughout the performance, it was it was times where it got choppy on her end. It was times where it got choppy on Ashanti's end. Like, the shit was bound to happen. So, what are we, what are we talking about here? It doesn't it, That doesn't even make sense. She was backstage in a dressing room when OT Genesis informed her that the picture wasn't clear. And she could end up in a situation like Teddy. No, 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 no. Nobody can end up in a situation like Teddy Riley. I was really skeptical about that, she said, while expressing her fears. I didn't want to go on and they not see me. And I'm looking blurry and connection is not right and everything like that. No, let me just, let me, let me repeat this celebrities, that's why y'all must not be watching this show like we've been watching it. Um, nobody can do a Teddy Riley, okay? If Versus is sending you out chords and microphones and setups and so on and so forth, nobody, nobody could do a Teddy Riley, okay? Because Teddy Riley was trying to do his own thing and stream for his own stuff and get his own numbers up and all of the other things. Nobody can do a Teddy Riley. I promise you. I promise you these things. Nobody can do that. The Oakland songstress was waiting for the technical issues to be resolved before she appeared on camera. But many fans noticed that she was off when she was fi- when she finally did make an entrance. She says, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm Keisha Cole. She said, Keisha Cole sat your ass down. Okay? Sit down. Like, we was waiting. What the fuck? Keisha, who admits that she was nervous for the first three songs, also addressed reports that she was sauced up. I guess the fuck you was. As much shit you was drinking. Like, yo, every time you saw Keisha, Keisha had a cup. Keisha had different cups. That was the thing. It wasn't even just the fact that she had cups. Keisha had different cups. I was like, oh shit. Okay, Keisha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. So she admits that she was nervous in the first place. Um, that's not true. Oh, it's not? <laughs> that's a known fact that you can't really be sauced up while you're trying to sing and hit notes. It's not true, ma'am. Ma'am, people have been sauced up before and hit all type of notes. So that's not true. Um... But you was drinking a lot, though. I ain't gonna lie. You, I know you had to pee in that tight-ass corset because that shit was tight. Them titties was sitting. You hear me? Them titties was up there. During the two-hour live stream, she brought out a surprise guest OT Genesis. Buzzy Bob, we already said that. Uh, da, 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 da. So despite the drama, Versus drew its highest viewers yet on Instagram with over 6 million tuning in and another 1.6 million on Apple Music. Keisha also debuted her new song, I Don't Want to Be in Love, which is which hits streaming services on February 5th. I'm here for it. I was here for it. I think that it was really, really, really good um, when it got started. It, it did it take forever for it to get started? Yes, absolutely. I was like, well, shit, okay. And I, and, and it's funny because I'm like, you know, 
I try to keep my energy high and shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. We we got this. We got this. It shouldn't have ended as late as it did. Because I was like, motherfucker, I got to go to work in the morning. This is some bullshit. But one thing that it did make me do, and this is aside from the whole, you know, um, versus situation in general. It did make me miss um, being a hype man and being an MC and, you know, like MCing and officiating, like not officiating, but um, emceeing like weddings and parties and stuff and so on and so forth like that. Like I, you know, like love to get the crowd hype and so on and so forth. And I just, I, I do miss it. And it, it made me long for that. Like throughout this whole quarantine, I didn't think about it. I, I realized that was like one of the sources of income that I wasn't going to have anymore. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, we not having events. I'm not really doing that anymore. So I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. But that shit. I was like, you know, cool, no problem. But um, I ain't gonna lie. After I finished, I after the the whole thing finished and you know, winded down or whatever. I literally was in here and I was like, yo, I really miss it. I really want us to get back to some type of social something. The social distancing and all this shit is become it is becoming a little bit of a headache. All right, speaking of Ashanti and Kishko, Ashanti debuted seductive video for 235, I Want You. Uh, yeah, so on the heels of last week's record-breaking versus battle, Ashanti debuts the video for her new single, 235, I Want You. In a seductive clip, she pulls up to her man's house at 2.35 a.m. with nothing but lingerie underneath her trench coat. She heads upstairs to the bedroom and undresses before making love to him under the moonlight. She then changes into a glittery bra and panty, which was Chanel, by the way, and and puts on a show for him. Yo, when I tell you Ashanti makes 40 look, um, I did not know she was 40. I really did not. I was like, yo, she looks good. And if if anybody had the same thing, it was Ashanti for me. Like, I knew a lot of Keisha songs. I'm not going to lie. But Keisha started throwing me on some songs that I really didn't know. Um, for me, it's... It's always been... It's always been Ashanti. Like, and I think people slept on Ashanti. I think they was like... Oh, she not gonna what she what she gonna do, what she gonna come with. Nah, y'all might think Keisha got that pain, but you fail to realize something. Ashanti has that writing capability. Um, she's wrote the vast majority of her songs. She's wrote for other people. And in addition, it's like I was so glad that she paid played the Jennifer Lopez shit because that only affirmed what we already said. It was like, look. Bitch, I wrote this and my vocals are still on it. Shanti also addresses that on the um, Ebro in the Morning show. So if y'all haven't checked that interview out with Ashanti, make sure y'all check that out. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely Ashanti for me. I love Keisha. I realized I love so many of the songs. And I was really hyped because they played Enough of No Love by Keisha Cole and um, The Way That I Love You. And, I di- and it was funny because I had already played them crazy as shit i literally i played them in the same order before because i was like yo this gonna be out i'm gonna go ahead and play this you know and i I let my um google situation just making sure i ain't go off i made i made sure that you know that that played both of them while i was you know on live or whatever and i literally played it in the same order and what's even funnier is i also played that in 
that order when um when we when I was talking about um like Christmas and Thanksgiving and shit. So I I I, I never looked at the the uh, track listing um that they put up and. I, like I said, I love both of those songs. I love both of these women. I think these women are fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I, I love what this versus is doing. Oh, so the next thing before I even move on to what I was thinking um, is as far as verses. So I have heard, I know that there was supposed to be, and they, they haven't really promoted it yet. So I know there was supposed to be the U, U, UGK and MJG one. I definitely want to do that. I definitely want to get hyped for that one. Um, but I am thinking, um, that what I'm hearing is allegedly a Tony Braxton, Mary J. Blige situation. Now, I understand that the feel and the genre is going to be completely different. It is, it is gonna feel completely different it is gonna be out of two different worlds um but i'm kind of not mad at it i would love for those two worlds to kind of meet um because you got like art that r&b r&b situation with tony and then you got that like r&b hip-hop soul with mary like i would love for the two worlds to kind of collide and see you know kind of what they would give or what they would kind of feel like so i think that would be a great match because you got to really think about it both of them have a huge catalog of work now i would have also said mary and faith but i but to be honest Mary still has way more relevance than Faith did. Like, by the time we got to the breakthrough, Mary was still pumping out albums. And Faith was like, mm, you know, here and there. So, and I mean, there there is a, a point in like 05, 06, 07, 08, where it was very Mary J. Blige driven. So... I would I would go for that. And then even in that time frame, even in that five, six, seven, eight kind of situation, Tony was still putting out music too. And um Tony still has really good classics that I think could match up with Mary's list. Um I think they could, they uh posted a fake one about it where, where it was like song for song. And it could work. It could work. I mean, um I don't know what we would title that. But I definitely think that it could work. I think that um we would we would thoroughly be entertained. I think people know Tony's body of work. I think people really know Mary's body of work too. Um, you know, you just you just had to pick one. I mean, and they're both in a great R and B genre. So I, I do think that that could work. I, I think that we just need to um I don't know, we just need to kind of let that let that meld and 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 put into a whole situation i don't know i just i just really really do want to see it happen i want to see um you know more of the the r&b girls are killing it for me because like yo not unless you got like maybe a usher and a chris brown one would be good too Mm, two va boys yeah and Equally, their catalogs are equally extensive and both still putting up. Well, not really Chris so much because Chris was like, Nick, I gave y'all 42 songs. The fuck y'all playing? But 
but I really do see that how that could work. Like Chris and Trey would definitely be good because I think a lot of times we're trying to put that up against Usher, but really Usher's held down such a category by himself. Who would really compare to Usher? You feel what I'm saying to you? It would be like putting Chris Brown up against like Michael Jackson and like, you know, that ain't gonna happen. So I don't know, but I would definitely be here for a Chris Brown, Trey songs versus like, I would definitely, yeah, I definitely would want to see that. I think that would be great. Um, speaking of Trey songs, Trey songs appears to have thrown the first punch in fight with cop. Oh my. Okay. Uh, Trey, I was already mad at you for for partying, but I don't know how mad I'm going to be at this as of yet. Trey Songz was arrested on Sunday following a brawl with the police for not following coronavirus protocol at the AFC Championship game mm. in, in Kansas City. I was trying, I was trying, but but it's already a problem, but that's okay. A new video shared by Kansas City Police appeared to show that Trey threw the first punch during the altercation. In the security camera footage obtained by, of course, TMZ, Trey is in the stands at Arrowhead Stadium when he is approached by security on three separate occasions, presumably telling him to wear a mask. To wear a mask. Y'all see my face. Y'all already know what the face is giving. Y'all already know what it's looking like. Because I'm mad now. I'm trying, as I'm reading this article, trying. I promise you. Trying not to cuss this nigga out. I'm, I promise you. That is what I'm trying not to do every time y'all hear me take a pregnant pause. Because I don't under-fucking-stand... You know what? I'm going to read it. Let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. Because <laughs> maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something I'm motherfucking missing. Maybe... <laughs> <sighs> After he seemingly ignores warning, a KCPD officer was called to <laughs> inter- intervene. The cop talks to Trey for about 90 seconds and then tries to escort him out the section. The singer exits the row before swinging or shoving the cop and a scuffle ensues. Trey reportedly landed a punch at the cop's head and placed him in a headline. Security <laughs> and off-duty sheriff's... <laughs> Oh, the sheriff's deputies arrived for backup and Trey was handcuffed and jailed overnight. Trey was booked for trespassing, resist, oh, why does it say trespassing? Uh, Resisting arrest, both misdemeanors, and for assaulting a police officer, a low-grade felony, and was released from Jackson County Detention Center on Monday. The Kansas City Police tell the Associated Press that the altercation started after fans at the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills complained about a man who was not following COVID-19 related protocols. Police said the man refused to follow orders. I, I can't. 
from the private security guard and was asked to leave when he refused Kansas City police officers were called. Trey, who tested po- <sighs> Trey, who tested positive for coronavirus in October, did mask up at one point, but the mask eventually came off. He appeared maskless while interacting with security and cops. His camp claims the officer had it out for him from before the fight. In the original video, fans can be heard shouting at the officer, telling him to stop. Even called the cops, um, even the calling for the cops' arrest. Trey did not do nothing wrong. That dude was out of control. One man said after being released from custody, Trey returned to social media to address the situation. Chief's game was lit, right? He wrote alongside a series of photos of the game and on a private plane. I'm going to, I'm going to pause. I'm just going to take a sip for a second because, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Fuck Trey songs. I said it. Fuck it. Fight me. I'm tired. I'm alright. See, this the shit that I'm talking about. I care wholeheartedly that the police may have been acting out of turn. I really do care about that. Like, I think if you if you need to handle and de-escalate the situation, you need to de-escalate the situation properly. And again, police training in any city has definitely been for shit. I get that. But that's not the problem that I'm addressing here. The problem that I am addressing that I had to stop several times as I'm reading this bullshit is the fact that once again, your motherfucking monkey ass had coronavirus in motherfucking October and then you had the goddamn audacity Audacity, you son of a bitch, to be out here in these streets. Now, mind you, it wasn't like you was out here performing, trying to get some money. I understand that. I get that, and and I know that we all got to work. I get it. You were entertaining. That's the point. But no, that's what what you that wasn't what you was doing. You was out here being a whole motherfucking asshole, bitch. Then, on top of all of the dumb shit. You got the audacity to not wear your mask. Oh, the mask was on for a part of the time. It don't matter if it wasn't on for all of the time. It only takes two seconds for you to get this bullshit. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. By no means of the fucking imagined goddamn nation. I'm not saying that. But nigga, you just, just had this shit in October. You wanted to get again. And you have a beautiful baby boy to go home to. Noah is so handsome. You gonna go ahead and give that shit to that boy? You ain't shit. Cause you not thinking about you. you. This is the shit that I be talking about. This is the shit that I say. And I will say it over and over again until my fucking lungs collapse. If you don't care about you, you don't care about me. If you out there doing what the fuck you want to do, you didn't give a Fuck about your son. And does that make you a bad parent? Not necessarily. Shit. Sometimes a lot of y'all motherfuckers be like, fuck them kids. However, however, there has got to be some type of something. You know what I'm saying? Niggas get in the fights at 
all type of sporting events. This shit happens. I get it. I'm not condemning Trey for that. I'm not saying that. But what I am condemning Trey for in this part is the fucking mask. Like, everything else, like, yo, sometimes shit just happen. Niggas get emotional. Fans get emotional. Because truthfully, it didn't really even really say why you was doing the shit. But the big thing that it did focus on was the fact that you didn't have your mask. Which ultimately, for me, me... The young of the smooth, for me, that shit fucks me up. I cannot take it. I cannot take it from celebrities. I was already mad with Ashanti motherfucking ass. Bitch, you out here. But see, here's the thing about Ashanti's situation. She made that crystal clear. She didn't get it when she was traveling over to Africa. That wasn't her thing. She got the shit when she came home and hugged somebody that she knew. And they didn't know they had it. And three days later, she had it. I get that. And she traveling, trying to make your money. I understand y'all got to make y'all money. But this was not a I'm making money moment. You have a young baby. Why are you not thinking about that, sir? Oh, because you thinking about what the fuck you want to do. You doing what the fuck you want to do. At this point, I am utterly sick and disgusted. And... So for me, it's not about, oh, you know, the police officer. Yeah, still on that 100% agree that the police need to take a different approach or action. But if for whatever reason, this even remotely started because you didn't follow protocol and you didn't, you're not following the CDC guidelines because you didn't the last motherfucking time and you received this shit in October. And this is the reason why the shit is still happening to you. Fuck you, Trey. Fuck you, Trey. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. I am tired of being nice to you bitches because you want to go out here and do what the fuck you want to do. And clearly, clearly, you don't give a shit about nobody else's safety because you need to make a motherfucker. You ain't even making no money. You ain't even making no money. And that's the shit that made me mad. Moving on. I ain't going to be able to do it. I might have, I'm not going to be able to do that shit. This shit is ridiculous. I don't understand. Anyway, moving on. Gucci Man stars in Beyonce's Icy Park campaign. Ooh, okay. All right, I'm about to be here for this. Beyonce's new Ivy Park campaign is so icy. The singer has tapped Gucci Man to front Icy Park, the latest drop in her Adidas and Ivy Park collaboration the size inclusive line features apparel footwear and accessories that combine ape line inspired or alpine i'm sorry alpine inspired elements with classic streetwear reference according to the wwd in the teaser video gucci keeps his face hidden while donning a wintry wardrobe including robe metallic puff jacket and plenty of ice the east atlantic santa also shows off his all white ivy park drip and new super sleek boot in a photo for the campaign they continues the all white theme which i probably can never wear that I, i'm a ketchup kool-aid dude um, <laughs> while seated on a ski lift in her promo image, along with Guap, the Icy Park campaign features 
Hailey Bieber, um, who the fuck that is, Kasha Page, and models Akisha Murray, Shy Gray, and Kayla Coleman. Okay, I don't know these people, but apparently they was in it. Uh, this makes the third iteration of Beyonce's Ivy Park collection the first Ivy Park collection under Adidas debuted in January 2020. Damn, damn, B, what the f- Yo, take your foot off a nigga's necks for a minute, please. Let them breathe. It's only 2020. How you got three iterations of this shit? Although it does make sense. Because then you, I guess you had like a, the fall, then the springish kind of one. And now we in the winter situation i think you'll go back for some i think you missed like one season but cool beans i mean whatever um beyonce recently gifted gucci and his wife a tiffany and cole silver fork and spoon to celebrate the birth of their son ice davis y'all niggas in these names y'all niggas in these names all right moving on (laughs) be I'm such a hypocrite, and I'm going to tell y'all why in a second. BRS Cash teamed up with the baby and city girls <laughs> in the Throat Baby remix. I am here for this. I am here for this. BRS Cash brings his viral hit to life with the new video for Throat Baby Go Baby. <laughs> That's what we want to call it. Remix featuring the Baby and City Girls. The Rising Atlanta star takes on many roles, including a doctor and firefighter in the quirky clip. JT and Young Money play real life Barbie dolls, sprinting their sorry, sorry, laugh, spitting their raunchy verses on the set of a game show. While the baby shows off his landscaping skills and hits the slopes for some skiing. Let me tell y'all something. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes the visual helps. And (laughs) the reason why I'm laughing is because I was so against, I was so against Throat Baby. And let me be clear. I was also very, very, very much so against like somebody's going to be, somebody's going to be in the comments and they're going to be like, well, what not you just talk about good news and Megan and this, that bullshit we be talking about. Men can say whatever, but women can't. I am not saying, and I have thoroughly said this many times, I am not saying that Megan cannot say that. I just expect more from Megan. However, for fun jollop, fun gesture, I appreciate a little throat, baby. I'm sorry. Now, in the beginning, in the beginning, when it was said to me, when it was it was said to me around the holidays, in the beginning, I was like, uh, uh, throat way, the throat who, that way. No, I'm not gonna be able to do that. Like, I think that's, I mean, that's just because it made me think. And, and, and as I was getting older, I was, as I'm getting older, I'm like, yo, this is entirely too much. No, however, after a while, it kind of, I would say this if it wasn't so, so explicit. It almost, as the video itself reminds me of a ludicrous video. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing any different from a ludicrous video, for real, for real. Um, I like, I like it. I like, I, I like it. I like a little raunchy every now and again. I'm not mad at it. I like it. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I get it. I, it is what it is. I actually like Throw Baby. Throw Baby! Yeah, I like it. I like a little, I like it. I'm sorry. So, it just kind of is <laughs> what it is at this point. I, um... But in the beginning, 
Lord Jesus, I had to clench my pearls. I was like, oh, this is just disrespect. It is disrespectful as shit. It is. But I will tell you, an image will make you be like, Ugh. it's not going to make it no less disrespectful. I'm just going to be honest, but you neither neither versus i think the city girls actually what i was very impressed by in this video and in this song uh jt and her little singing riff ability i love that i was like oh that's all right that's cool that's good and young miami was actually on beat i think that we're starting to hear young miami a little bit differently than we used to because i believe in the beginning we was like bitch what 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 why is you off? Like, why are you always, always off? I don't know. All right, so it is time once again for my favorite album. And if you know from the title of this particular podcast, so <laughs> let's get into it. Chicken and Beer, one of my favorite fucking albums. Love this album. Um, I think Ludacris is really coming into his own at this album, but this shit, let me tell you something. Splash Waterfalls and Pussy Poppin' were definitely my favorite songs. I definitely watched it on BET Uncut when they was down in Atlanta. They was there what King of Diamonds and shit. Like, yeah. I love this album. This, I could not think of a better album to go off of. Chicken and Beer is the fourth studio album of American rapper Ludacris. It was released on October 7, 2003 by Disturbing the Peace Records and Def Jam Recordings. Recording sessions took place from 2002 to 2003 and it was handled by several record producers including DJ Nasty and LVM, Kanye West, Moby, Moby Dick, but <laughs> Moby Dick, DJ Paul, uh, Juicy J, and Ludacris himself. The Southern hip hop album, Chicken and Beer, is musically similar to Ludacris's previous work with the use of his fast, highly ver- uh, versatile flow. Some of the songs on the album took a political overtone. Hmm. The album's debut at number one, U.S. Billboard 200, selling 429,000 copies in the first week. Unlikely, unlike Ludacris's previous albums, that um, the album achieved success outside of the United States, charting in several European territories, including Germany and the United Kingdom, upon its release. Chicken and Beer received positive reviews, with critics praising Ludacris. Ludacris's technical rapping abilities and production choice, although some criticize the adult humor in the lyrics as excessive. We all do. Clearly, I have been a victim of that. I have done that recently with Throw the Baby. Don't judge me. I don't know why I like it now, though. I'm so I'm so ashamed. Um <laughs> It was supported by four singles that were released from the album, two of which, Stand Up and Splash Waterfalls, became Ludacris' first to peak in the top ten of the U.S., Alright, so let's talk about the lyrics and the themes. Ludacris frequently employs a fast-paced flow on chicken and beer, whilst... I love the fact that this article used the term whilst... 
I have never had anyone use the term whilst. I don't know why I'm excited about that, but that just <laughs> that just did it for me. <laughs> often, whilst often suffusing the words he raps with humorous punchlines and innuendo innuendos. Uh, Writing for BBC Music, Lewis Dean noted ludicrous to typically incorporate lightly quick phrases, cutting wit and reference points a plenty into his lyrics. Many of the songs on Chicken and Beer are of a predominantly sexual nature, and there are they are compared by Nathan Rabin of the AV Club to the material record by the likes of the hip-hop group 2 Live Crew. Stand-up was described as a steamy sex rap, which I don't understand why that would even be a steamy sex rap. I mean, maybe because he was talking about like being in the club, then getting you home. But I mean, it really it, it is not as steamy as the road may be. You might hear me say that a couple times. I can't. I can't. I can't. And also, Holmes in these in this room collaboration with fellow rapper Snoop Dogg details a fictional encounter with a collection of groupies. Following a live performance, Raven further observes that Ludacris addresses such topics with, uh, ir- nobody asks you these things, um, ir- irreverent glee, despite describing these themes well worn and cliche. Ludacris attacks political commentary Bill O'Reilly. Oh yeah, he does say a lot about Bill O'Reilly, who specifically criticized Ludacris for the content of his lyrics and noted him as a bad influence. What? How? How let me say this. I, I, I know that the Ludacris of yesteryear is definitely not the Ludacris of today, but he was no different than anyone else and I still stand by the fact that I feel like I wish that Megan gave us more than just her vagina. But I do understand she did not do anything different than anybody else. However, I don't particularly care for it because I feel like I feel like not only just in that that whole ooh, I'm a you know, I'm throwing my pussy and ooh, nigga, you better pay for it shit. Not only that, I just felt like it was lazy, like that album was lazy. Anyway, um, Blow It Out and Screwed Up contain direct references to O'Reilly and his commitments as well as observations on the difficulties of fame. Okay. Uh, commercial performance. The album debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, becoming Ludacris's first album to top the charts. The overall first week sales, which we talked about before, at over two, uh, over 400,000 copies were an improvement on the Ludacris's previous album, Word of Mouth, in 2001, which sold only 282,000 copies in its first week in the United States, debuting at number three on the Billboard's 200. Hundreds in its second week, Chicken and Beer fell to number two, selling 194 copies, uh, representing an overall sale decrease of 55%, and bringing overall sales of the album to 623,000. 
Uh, the album spent five weeks inside the top 10 of the charts selling 936,000 copies in that time and went on to spend a total of 45 weeks on the charts. It also peaked at number one on the U.S. top R&B slash hip hop albums charts, although it remained on the charts for a longer length of time on the Billboard 200s, lasting a total of 51 weeks before exiting the charts on June 18th, 2004. The album was certified double platinum by the RIA, which we know is the recording Industry Association of America for shipments of 2 million copies within the United States. Unlike Ludacris' previous release, Chicken and Beer achieved reasonable commercial success outside of the United States. It became Ludacris' first album to chart in Australia, where it debuted and peaked at number 98, then exited the charts after a single week. The album peaked at number 5 on the Canadian album charts, although it only spent a week on the charts, no other ludicrous album has achieved a higher potential on the charts and was certified platinum by the Canadian Recording Industry Academy. Okay, look at that. On January 8, 2014 in Israel, the album debuted and peaked at number 71 on the Israel album's charts before exiting the charts the following week. To date, it remains Ludacris's only album to appear on the charts in the United Kingdom. Chicken and Beer achieved a peak position of 44 on the UK album charts, spending a total of four weeks on the charts. The longest length of any Ludacris album has lasted on the charts. It also became Ludacris's most commercial successful, commercially successful album in Germany, appearing at number 87 on the German albums chart in the only week in which it charted. Wow, okay. So, sadly enough, this is the only time that Ludacris had a big success like that. That was great. Um, We're not going to... Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Do I want to go into this? So, let's see. Going into it as far as the critical response of the album. Upon this release, Chicken and Beer received critical position reviews... I'm sorry, position. I can't read today. Like I can read any other day. Y'all know it. It's fine. Upon this release, Chicken and Beer received critical positive reviews for uh, from music critics at which assigns a normal... I'm sorry, at Metatrix, whatever, which assigns a normalized rate of... A hundred to reviews for mainstream critics. The album received an average score of. I'm sorry, it was a matrix. I'm sorry. Um, received an average score of 75 based on 10 reviews, which indicates general favorable reviews. John Bush of All Music noted ludicrous lightning quick phrases and cutting wit and rocklick all in good fun persona he went on to commend the 
attributes of the upbeat nature of Ludacris's music, calling him one of few who actually celebrating something and having a great time doing it. Writing for Entertainment Weekly, now drumming, praise Ludacris's rapping skill, including his explosive intonation, witty wordplay, and punchline potency. Although he reacted neg- negatively towards the album's production, feeling it to contain campy samples and cartoonish composition. Um, I have to disagree with that because that cartoonish composition became legendary. And not to mention the fact, I mean, Busta Rhymes did it, Missy Elliott did it, and not necessarily just in the wordplay per se, but especially in the visual um, of it all. Um, he also got critical critic. Uh, acclaim from Rolling Stone. Of course, we talked about the AV Club. Um, Ludacris is one of the most liquid MCs in the game today. He varies his flow with such dexterity and has so much musicality in his tone that his mouth truly seems like an instrument. Ludacris is an outside uh, character he he's Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four perhaps a southern Buster Rhymes see a guy who started as an Atlantic radio DJ Atlanta sorry radio DJ whose third album finds him part of the hip hop elite let me tell you something and that was from Torre. And Torre, I remember Torre used to do, uh, Torre, Torre did everything. He was on MTV. He was, um, he did stuff for BET, so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's not, it's not, not true. Like, Ludacris, sorry, I had to take a sip. Mm, it's hard to do all of this all at one time. Um, yeah, but no, Ludacris's album and just in general, um, his overall cadence, his overall wordplay, his overall just demeanor in the way that he approached and and took a tactic from just the South and just showed, yo, this is another side of what the South does. I mean, he he's in the legendary categories with like Outkast and of course UGK and MJG and April, you know, like he's in that echelon like we cannot take away what that man has bought and this album bought some amazing tracks like the southern fried intro which again was like a whole freestyle blow it out uh stand up featuring shauna um his skits of course then you had splash waterfall hard times which was eight ball mjg and carl thomas diamond in the back uh, screwed up featuring Lil Flip, which is also one of my favorites. The teabagging skit, uh, pussy popping, hip hop quotables, which I think was another skit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, black man struggle, which was a skit, which was fucking hilarious. Holes in this room, teamwork, um, and interactive skit, not included on censored version, but I think I remember that. Um, we got featuring Chingy I-20 and Titty Boy. And for anybody who remembers who Titty Boy is, Titty Boy is Titty Boy 2 Chains. Um, 
eyebrows down which featured player circle which was a lot of people that he bought into the game that he did and then there were unknown tracks that were actually um on the european version of it which like act the fool which was on the fast and the furious soundtrack and southern hospitality remix which was um another another mix that was added on to this and then there was also which is little known fact and I recently heard it but it is Blow It Out which is the remix which also features 50 Cent that is crazy so just to go over the samples before we wrap it up Southern Fry contains samples of Walk On By performed by Isaac Hayes and Me and My Baby got a thing going on performed by Lynn Collins uh, Splash Waterfalls contains the samples of Be Every Wonderful by Teddy Taylor so it is not just because keep in mind the Tony 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 sample was on the remix version versus this version but Tony 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 also sampled that song as well for I think anniversary at that point Hard Times contains samples of Little Girl performed by Bobby Humphrey. Diamond in the Back contains samples of Be Thankful for What You Got performed by William DeVoe. Pea Poppin contains sample, which is Pussy Poppin, contains samples of Danger um, Be Been So Long performed by Mystical. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. That makes sense. Okay, so again, Another classic album. So many wonderful accolades. So many times being on TRL. So many times being on 106 and Park. I remember watching this. I will tell you, I still did not have a license at the time, I don't think, when that came out. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't. No, it was like 2000. I had just got my license like maybe a year after that. Um, and we played it. We played... When I tell you we played Pussy Poppin' like nobody's business. I remember being out late as shit at night and coming home. And we would come home from like Double T Diner and shit. And matter of fact, we used to parking lot pimp and be outside. Yo, Double T Diner's like... I'm so glad that we grew up in the area that we grew up in. Because Double T Diner probably had all the right to call the police on us. Because we was just out there chilling. In the parking lot after we ate, listening to music super dumb loud. Like, I don't think kids could do what we did. I honestly, I love the era that I grew up in. I love the 90s, those early 2000s. Um, I love this music. I love this genre. I really do. But I realized that a lot of that y'all can't do now. Y'all, you could not. They would call the police on you and it would be a whole nother, it would be a whole nother situation. And unfortunately, it is like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think that's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? To another episode in the bag. I appreciate y'all for listening as always. Y'all have been an amazing audience. Yo, talk back to the kid. Let me know what you think. New episodes coming every week. Trying to get down to getting back onto the YouTube situation so we can get that all squared away. Cannot wait. Excited about the interviews. Trying to get this style down. There's a whole lot going on in my life. Um... So, don't forget fear. False evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. I wanna, I'm hoping I'm still saying that. I don't know. I think, I feel like I forgot it a couple episodes, but whatever. Um, and then don't forget 
that you can always give me that kick that lyric um you can put it on the socials with um k-i-w young smooth on twitter kicking it with young smooth pod on instagram you can i think i still got the kickstand podcast email up so if you want to email me um i speaking of which i do want to work with anyone who has their product if you need me to um market your product uh i have a very reasonable package um very simple very easy and i will make sure that i hold up my end of the bargain as well hopefully it'll get you more traffic to your product um then in addition, uh, don't forget you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, which is now YouTube Music. Get your podcast players, either your Google one or your Purple Podcast player. And in addition, don't forget you can find me on Spotify and YouTube as well. So also in addition, just to keep the YouTube page live, I've also posted these um the situations onto there as well so they're audio based you can go ahead and still listen to them on youtube if you want to while you're traveling and in addition um like i said the new shows will be coming so i'm excited working hard and trying to get back into the groove i think this is only what the the maybe the second one since i started back so it's been it's been rocky and i thank and love all of y'all for all of your support because yo there are days that i'm looking at some of the numbers and i'm like what like i i am I appreciate the love. I don't know who I'm going to cuss out next. I'm hoping it's not just Trey Songs. Well, I'm hoping it's only Trey Songs for real. Cause shit, that don't make no damn sense. Anyway, um, so y'all just kicked it with Young Smooth. Now, don't you feel better about it? I know you do. All right, y'all. I'm gonna see y'all next week. Oh, 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 hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Before I peace out. Before I be like, peace out. I have to give a very, 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 very special shout out to my man Zodiac. Like, I love you and I appreciate y'all for the music. So if y'all don't know any of the music that you hear in the beginning or the end of the episode is either from my man K Kizzle or my man Obstacle Beats. I appreciate and love both of y'all so much. My brothers in arms, y'all are awesome and amazing and I would not... I need to start ending the show like this so everybody knows. So once again, you've kicked up a young smooth. I appreciate y'all for all the love. Peace. I gotta give y'all that Pam deep ass. Peace. It's just an obstacle. It's just an obstacle. It's just an obstacle.